Hi and welcome to another episode of Wine and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. How are you guys going? Awesome, mate. <laughs> that was a big sign. <laughs> Welcome to Wisdom, a session with four people who are telling the truth, who are lying, and who are keeping every lie in check, and making a fool of people who are telling the truth. <laughs> so Lie your way to the top, we say. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! So uh, what's the what's the one? So this week, this week, this week, we have we have two people who really need to win, right? Uh, Cam and I, we have one, two. Therefore, we are safe. So this week, it's either Chris or Megan who are going to be paying five dollars in wine and two hundred fifty dollars in post delivery. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a look. Well, let's start with uh, Chris Bottles then. What's your bottle, man? Well, I, you know, I, I searched long and hard for a, a good wine, and it's very hard to actually find a good Italian wine that rates very well on Vivino. Right. Um, but I, I found one. It's called, uh, there it is there, a Capri Neto. It's a Chianti, actually, um, from a place... Uh, called uh, Gravy, near Chianti. Uh, it's a 2015, and it rated fairly well on Vivino. <laughs> it was like a two-point something. <laughs> <laughs> was it under $50, mate? Yeah, yeah, it was like $35, $39, something like that, wasn't it? 73 $80,000. Okay, well, what about you, Mick? What have you got? Today I brought a New Zealand wine, so I brought a cloudy, cloudy bay sub-block. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how we go. Hey, Chris. What, what, what year is it, though? It's 2020. Oh, you're in trouble, mate. <laughs> You've gone to the middle shelf. I know where you went. You went to the middle shelf at Liquorland. It cost $22. Did it cost 22? It's probably 16 bucks that. No, it didn't. It was an expensive one. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I got uh, this week Mildara Capsar, all right, 2018, and um, from South Australia. I didn't have to win. What about you, Cam? I've got a uh, Brown Brothers Patricia Chardonnay, 2017. We all know 2017 was the greatest year alive for Chardonnay. Okay. Um, it is from Victoria, so it has been locked up for about 390 days over the last two years and sell it very, very well. We've had that one before. That was nice. I remember yeah. that one. The good, the good thing about this is that uh, Chris and Meg, your wines, they have beaten both of us. So that's good. <laughs> and the person who gets to go to the post office is I'll tell you at the end 
Mine was a four. Mine was a four one. What did you have, TL? Uh, no, no. So you get four point zero seven all up. Uh, I had a three point six. Uh, Chris had a four point zero seven all up, and Meg had an all up four point two. So bullshit. I'll, t- I'll tell you who's winning at the end. Okay. <laughs> 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 oh, well, congratulations, Chris! You going into the box office tomorrow? The box is huge, man. The box is huge. I just want to let you know now. It's actually Chris, very. Good. I don't know whether I believe you or I don't. The believe The postage you from Bankstown is double, mate. Don't worry at the moment. I don't know if I should believe you. Or I shouldn't believe you. Well, you should believe me, mate. You can do your own search now that you've seen all our wine. You can see it. Uh, but I, I'll show you. Oh, I can't. Well, you, you weren't telling us to the end. Hey? Too much gold, vino, right? You can review this thing and then you yeah, know. All these. All right, so what's happening with this week? Uh, who's starting with what? What have we got? I just want to ask him. We promised. What? We promised. A- we promised Hacho we wouldn't talk about COVID, so let's talk about COVID for Hacho. Okay, COVID all the while we... The thing is, for us, different angles. And you know what, Hacho, if you're listening to this, mate, just come up and then tell us that we're full of it and then um, we can have a debate. That's all. All right? What were you saying, Chris? I just want to find out how Cam's feeling after last weekend's defeat. Which defeat? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Which defeat? Got screwed over by the bunnies. What? Sorry, you cut out. (laughs) Denial. Hey, you're deaf as well as dumb. Hello. Hello. Is this thing on? We're going into the footy. We're going into the footy already. Yes, the mighty sea eagles uh, capitulated. Well, anyway. Anyway, let's move on because I wanted to say when Barney's around because Barney was with you, man. Yeah, we're good. So I, I want Barney to cry on the on this session. So oh, fair enough. Can, can oh. we, can let's we... let's welcome let's welcome Megs out of captivity. Megsy's yeah. been in. Uh... Welcome back. The ankle bracelet. We're good to go. Megsy, our uh, <laughs> fine, upstanding, double vaccinated member of the community, got locked inside a house for fourteen days. Oh, how, it was only 12. How are you, darling? Oh, listen, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. We've just learnt that. Yeah, that's true. That is 21 true. days you were locked up. How are you, mate? Yeah, 21. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Um, biggest lesson? Um, biggest lesson was probably... Oh, God. Um, don't have the app. Don't have what? Stop using QR codes is the biggest lesson, isn't it? I didn't even QR code. That was the issue. <laughs> Wasn't even from a bloody QR code venue. Um, Thomas is drinking water, by the way. What's going on there? He's um, just moderating, that's all. Yeah. Um, probably the biggest lesson was just um, probably in the initial reaction, like chucking a massive dummy spit about it um and then having to overcome that and just get on with it um suck it up and 
get through it with everyone. Um, I think last week it was, you know, we were sort of, it was still on a bit of a high and we were really just trying to take one, one day at a time and stay positive and all that kind of stuff. Um, it definitely got a lot harder as the days went on and, you know, just, just trying to, I suppose, overcome that feeling of being contained. It wasn't even that like, you know, it wasn't even that I wasn't necessarily frustrated of, of the situation. It was just like, well, you know, you can't even go to the damn bakery and you even, even felt bad in some ways going out the front because, you know, every now and then we'd go out the front just for a change of scenery or whatever. Um, but then you'd see a neighbor or something. So then you almost felt obligated to come back inside because you just didn't want to put yourself in the position that, um, or it was just awkward. It was just awkward to be honest, when you're out the front, um, even though you're on your own property, it was just a weird feeling like you shouldn't have been doing it. So that was, that was probably the shittest bit of it. Um, but the good in it was that like we got stuff done around the house that we probably wouldn't have done because you don't normally spend that much time at home. Um, the good in it was, you know, Jordan would come in and jump on the Zooms. Most Zooms he made an appearance and, you know, he sort of got to understand what was going on. Um, he'd come in and he'd say, mom, can you come out and ride a bike? So in 10 minutes, I'd go out and we'd make an obstacle course and play with bikes and scooters and all of that in between. So, you know, I could pop out and have lunch or whatever with everyone together. So that was, that was good. I, I enjoyed that part of it, having the kids home, but still being able to work with them here. That was pretty cool. Did, did, you, get any, did you get any call from uh, the Department of Health or...? Just or did you get any? Only the initial phone call um, and where they asked me if the kids were able to isolate in their bedrooms by themselves. And I said, well, they're one and five. So no. <laughs> and um, anyway, but no, um, we did have a visit from the police. That was quite early on. Um, they rung and said, like, ran through all the questions and then said, we're out the front. We need you to come and show that everyone is in the residence, um, put your mask on and come to the front door. But I didn't even know where my mask was. So um, we just came to the front window and gave them a wave. Um, Jordan thought that was epic. Like <laughs> the police came to our house. Um, and no, but other than that, it was just text messages every day from New South Wales Health with the same five questions that you had to answer. Um, you know, are you isolating? How's your health? Do you have your... You, is there any necessities that you need? Is there any questions that you've got? And there was another another one that we had to answer. But yeah, there was um, a lot of us in the same boat, like really close friends of mine. They were in isolation and then another girl from work, she was in isolation too. Um, so, it, you know, we could kind of get through it together in some ways. <laughs> yeah. We spoke and the, the thing that stuck out about the conversation was um, you know, I offered to come and get drunk in your front yard and roll around stupid, but you, you said that you can't, you felt guilty going out the front, which you mentioned, but the bit that stuck with me was you said you, you didn't want the kids out the front in case they saw other kids playing in the street and the effect that might have on them. Um, 
you, you said your kids were taking it like champions. So do you think you onboarded more of it as the as a parent than the kids noticed or? Oh, 100%. They, I mean, Lara's too young to understand. She just thought it was yeah. awesome that everyone was home and whatever. Um, Jordan understood. Like I was very open with him right from the start about what we had to do and the fact that we really couldn't go out into the front yard. Um, and so he got that. And we did go out there a few times. And there was, you know, one time when the little girl from next door, she was riding on the bike and he was sort of standing halfway down the driveway, just having a chat with her. So that was nice. But yeah, that I think I took it on way more than probably everyone else, like um, in the household. Pete did a great job. I think he's probably more cranky now that it's over because he feels like he can be and and just tired. I think everyone's just, I think emotionally just, I felt like I was emotionally exhausted at the end of it because you're so in your head you're so busy just trying not to think about the shit part of the situation you're trying to always think of what's positive and what's good and you know trying to keep everyone else occupied because the kids are at ages where you can't just say oh you know go do your own thing like they're they're demanding they want your attention all the time and it's new it's something different so you're building forts and you're making obstacle courses and you're you know building stuff in the sandpit and digging in the backyard like just doing stuff to keep them them men- mentally stimulated um plus everything else that we had to do like myself and Peter's parents so that was probably the the exhausting part of it <laughs> so are you are you saying that normally you you actually leave home every day you go somewhere um so Pete's still going to work every day oh, um most days some so- days I'm at the office some days I'm at home but on our days off, like we would normally go for walks, bike rides, like everything. We'd, we'd, we'd try to get out and about because like we live so close to lots of open spaces. So we can go to a reserve or we can go to the beach and kick a soccer ball and do whatever. And you're not on top of people like the beach, not far from here. You can go there and there could be, you know, 200 people on the beach, but you know, near anyone. So when you were cranky like this, is it is uh, did you take it on poor feet and uh, that hence the domestic violence rates gone up because of women staying at home isolated with their poor husband? I'll tell you something funny. No, there was no domestic violence, but Jordan did end up with a black eye because him and Pete bumped heads when they were on the trampoline, and <laughs> we, were, we were FaceTiming with my brother um, uh, one day towards the end of last week, and my brother said, "Oh." what happened to your eye mate like did, did mum um, whack you one and later on um we were sending a video to one of Jordan's friends and I said I'd oh, like tell Thea what you've been up to and he said oh you know I've been doing this I've been building forts and I've been um riding my bike and mum punched me in the face <laughs> I had nothing I'm like I gotta send it because it's just hilarious but just FYI to the mum like that I was sending it to yeah, there was no punching in the face, but just the brutal honesty of kids. Um, no. All right, let's uh, bring the first set of guests. We have Marie and Barney that we saw last week. They were traveling up north, and um, we're going to have Lena, who, who was here at the beginning of uh, lockdown. So we want to have a take on uh, from her about now to be free. And then uh, back from uh, the uh, front line, we're going to have the Jeff. A bit later on, he's got, he won't be making a, 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 a physical appearance, but he's going to be on 
our uh, Zoom itself, okay? I'm trying to get him a, a white helmet and um, he's going to be our stick. Uh, we call him the Jeff, but uh, he doesn't like helmets. So I don't know, maybe we'll have like two or three masks. And I wish then, you'd put a helmet on. Jesus. Eh? I wish you'd put a helmet on. <laughs> There's none that fit you, Chris. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the hair, I'll ring, I'll ring you mum. When you got hair like this, mate. That's your, the your head is very Sam Burgess esque, mate. It's this big. <laughs> mate, Sam Burgess, he's doing very well. If you watch SAS Australia, great show. Love it. Yeah, he nearly, killed, he nearly killed Mark Philippoussis last night. So. <laughs> Oh, no, no, um, Bruce Shaw, when it was, it was, it was the <laughs> AFL black. <laughs> and he dropped him off a cliff. So well done, Sammy. <laughs> Great show. Anyway. Hey, Mum. Hi, how are you doing? Good, how are you? How are you doing, Marie? Hi, Mum. Hi. Is it sound a bit echoey? Oh, yeah. It's good for us. I'm actually, I'm actually standing in a pub. Oh, hey. really rub it in. That's why it's echoey. Thank so, you, bye. Yeah. <laughs> and I've gone, oh, my God, it's 4 o'clock. It's time for wine and wisdom. <laughs> Never mind. It's okay. The life of the rich and famous. Oh, it is, yes. Oh, the poor and, <laughs> poor and travelling. <laughs> he's banning he is, and he's he is with me. Yes, I'm not at the pub alone, Thomas. He's actually in the um, in the chat bar at the moment. Oh, I see. I see. That's all right. That's all right. So, remember what we spoke about last week. So it's your microphone now. We're actually, we're, I, I can't hear you very well, actually, because it is so echoey. I'm just going to move. Just can you bear with me? I'm sorry. That's all right. Maybe you, can, you can translate. Now I've now I can hear a bit better. So since last week? Since last week. Yeah. Where have well, we been? for us today. You're supposed to have a song. Oh, okay. I actually I actually did a song when we were at a place um, called Kuya, um, which was on Facebook. I don't know whether Meg saw it. Yeah, I saw it. You saw it? Oh, okay. Um we want, it, we want it live. So we, we want the song now. You want a song now? Um, okay. Let me think. Just, hold on. Um, I will sing the song we've sung at Kuya. Is that okay? Absolutely. Go for it. And I apologise in advance to, um, to Megan for embarrassing her and anyone that might be listening. No, okay. give it to her. Give it to her. <laughs> Turn it up. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we are among the gum trees, the Kuya gum trees. A van or two and a barbecue. A dunny cross the road, a cafe up the street, and the old Kuya pub. How's that? Hey. Awesome. Amazing. We wanted a whole summer. Yes. <laughs> well, we, could, we could always do a particular wine and wisdom one. Oh, oh, well, there you go. There you go. Theme song. Let's get it. Good. Is <laughs> so Barney winning on the punt? What's he doing? Is he 
Losing a life savings or is he having a win? We've only just got here, believe it or not. We've only just got here in the last probably 20 minutes. And so far, neither of us has backed a winner. Yeah. Oh, good. Let's get to it then. That's okay. That's all right. Just, you, you just, have nothing to lose it. You don't bet, do you? Just keep Barney away from that. Last week, uh, the, the man who knew so much about... Uh, uh, NRL and, and Cam were backing the wrong horses or the wrong team. So <laughs> keep him away from that. We are keeping. Do you know this? This is the one thing that I, I was telling my kids uh, last week. Here is an example of two lessons. Number one, you do not listen to the expert because everyone went the Sea Eagles will win, and the, the only dude that doesn't watch every game is me. And I picked the right team. Number two, the team is only as good as what it is on the night. You can lose every season, but that game today is still a brand new game. Exactly. That's, that's correct, Thomas. And I'm sure that if Barney was here, he'd be saying, how do you think the, the um, rabbits are going to go? I, I don't particularly, I'm sorry about this, but I don't particularly like Wayne Bennett. But, um, and I hope, I hope he doesn't listen to your podcast. That's all right. He doesn't like you. So, so I um. It's funny because he loves you. Megan can tell you what I call him, but that's okay. But I don't care if the bunnies win. I think that would be really good. And um, but I don't really care if Penrith wins. I'm looking forward to the game. I just like how Thomas pretends like he picked the rabbits and he didn't just say that because we sponsor him. Like he actually had a thought. Like, <laughs> No, you idiots don't know what you're talking about. I picked the rabbits. No, you said what you had to say, mate. So sit back down. <laughs> Leave it to the people who have an idea about what they're talking about, okay? Mate, yeah. the reason they won is because we sponsored them. That's the reason they won. They won because we couldn't catch the frigging ball. That's why they won. <laughs> Bunch of... They were. The night. They were. Mate, 100%. You guys had the worst game you've had almost all 100%. Year. Yeah, I didn't even have anything to complain about. That's why I went to bed. I can't blame the refs. I can't blame anything. <laughs> Just a bunch of nothing. But anyway... I don't really care who wins on Sunday as long as we can watch it. And that's why we're back in Dolby for a week so that we know we're going to have TV reception to watch it. With sport tragics we are. So when are you coming back? Because we have uh, Freedom Day on the 11th. Are you coming back soon? Coming back soon? No, 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 not, not for a little while. Probably mid-November. Ah, good on you. Oh, well, we're going to have another lockdown around mid-November then. I want to make sure that Megan's really missing us before we come home. Really <laughs> missing us. <laughs> Doesn't she keep telling you to stay in Queensland? There might be something to that. No, but, but um, Jordan keeps saying to me, yeah, yeah, where are you? Are you home? Yeah. I think Jordan might be missing us. Yeah, he's had enough of his mother. but <laughs> <laughs> He's looking forward to his week stay at Yaya's house. <laughs> Six months. <laughs> That's not nice, Cameron. That's my daughter you're talking about, and I love it. Sorry, Mum. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. I'll forgive you this time. Thanks very much for today, and thank you so much for the song. Thank you. That's okay. We'll have to. Thank you, Marie. Bye bye. Bye bye. It's fantastic, isn't it? How people can just travel like this. It's fantastic. But but. That'd be great. Size of renting motorhome, it's just crazy. Uh, like Alexander, he's already planning Tasmania, 
And just one of those small camper van is 300 something a night. It'll be interesting. I think you've you got on a, a fairly big rant about it previously, Thomas, about how the local uh, the local vendors are taking the piss. I think it was last lockdown, actually, on the podcast, we spoke about it with the price of accommodation and the price of wine and the price of everything else. I know we looked at trying to get a week down on the south coast when all this ends and $3,800 for four nights down in Wollongong. Like, what? And... I said to someone today who, who likes to do a lot of traveling, I said, I hope the borders open so we can travel, but more open more. I hope the borders open so the prices drop on local accommodation. And you know, then the, then those vendors are going to be screaming for people to come and stay with them. And I hope people remember that hang on a week ago they were trying to charge you a thousand bucks a night. Yeah. It's um it's not good. I understand that the tourism industry has been hurt, but you don't punish the people. We didn't do it. We're not the ones hurting you. Uh, they're unfortunately we're... trying to, yeah, they're trying to make up their losses within a short period. Which with is the people who have, with the people who have kept them afloat. You know, we're, yes. we're definitely not hurting the wine industry. We're not the ones not buying your product. Don't <laughs> don't jack your prices up on us. It's like, um, unfortunate, mate. Crazy. Let's, uh, Barney wasn't there, so we couldn't get into it. But let's talk about the footy and get the footy out of the way. <laughs> it's, it's grand final Sunday, and uh, there's only one out of four people here who actually care, I think. But yeah, yeah. Really. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I can get Seb to take my place if you want, because Seb's a big footy fan, mate. So I can get him. He watches every game he can, so I can get him down to take my place. I was going to wear my rabbit's beanie, but I, I just, I can't, I don't know yet. I don't know. It's going to be one of them things where I'm going to be looking at the screen and before I decide who, who I'm going for. It's going, to be, it's going to be the first for you this week. This week, you've got, you've got a few firsts. I mean, didn't you get your first shot? No. We're not talking about that, mate. <laughs> have, you been, have you been inoculated, Cameron? I did wake up this morning singing, everything is awesome. <laughs> everything is cool when you're part of a team. <laughs> what a fucking shit show that is, going and getting vaccinated. <laughs> I drove down the fucking freeway and all I could think of was mooing. I'm like, here's the cattle. Yep, I'm, I've, I've become a piece of cattle. And then I get there and I'm herded through the fucking... Barriers, the sheep, they, they get the sheep to go exactly where they want. And everyone's just lining up one step in front of the other. Please show your ID. Please show your cue card. I got in trouble because my mask wasn't quite high enough on my nose and I knew he throat punched the guy who said something to me. And I was doing a very bad job of staying positive for the people who were with me also getting vaccinated. I walked for 10 minutes just shaking my head like this. My neck is feeling loose and limber. And anyway, I walk in and I get pointed to where I have to go. And yes, doing a good thing. And how are you today? Just shut up and give me the needle. Yes, all right. And what arm do you want it in? What do I care? Just fucking give it to me. Anyway, <laughs> this poor lady, she's going, now you might suffer this and you might suffer that. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Right. And then. So the needle goes in and I'm like, okay. And I walk outside and I sit there and I go, what have I done? And and mind you, the day before I get my needle, they come out and say all unvaccinated people are going to have the same rights as vaccinated people come December. And my whole thing has been the whole time, 
we need to have a choice. We need to have a choice. I'm driving down the freeway going, well, now I've got a fucking choice. Now you've got no leg to stand on. What are you doing to yourself? You've, you've sold yourself out, Wilson. You're an absolute bum. And so I get my needle and I stand there and then this very happy couple comes out after me. I'm sitting there about to cry. And they high five. Yay, we're double vaccinated. They literally high fived in front of me and I'm going, what the fuck is wrong with the world? Where are we living? What is going on? And then two seconds after they high fived, one of the people that was with us come running around the corner and said, Cam, you better get inside because Crystal's not well. So my wife had her second shot and collapsed on the spot. Face went numb, legs stopped working. Um, wasn't good for a minute or two there. And here's me already hating the world. And then his wife drops like a bag of shit getting the second shot. And I used to sit here. I couldn't even sit next to her on the bed. I had to sit in my chair away from everybody else. And here come all the other sheep. And don't worry, you'll be fine. What a horrible experience. What a horrible. Is she all good now? She's fine. She's back telling me I don't do enough around the house. So that's a clear sign for me. That- <laughs> yes, Crystal. That's my was she girl. doing that before the injection? Uh, yeah, no, she was. And then uh, it's all, uh, and then when she wasn't well, when she was lying there on the bed, effect. when she was lying there on the bed, she looked at me and said, I love you. And I'm like, gee, she's not well. And then <laughs> three hours later, <laughs> three hours later, she stopped. She asked me to stop putting the empty toilet rolls on the floor in the bathroom, and I knew, "Ah, oh, well, you're back. You're good." So, but it was a, it was. I didn't feel good about it. I don't feel good about it. I had two people ring me and tell me they were proud of me. I don't want to hear that shit. Like I'm not proud of myself, to be honest. Like, and, so, 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 what is it? Because, because, like a lot of those conspiracy theories, you you feel like you're going against your your beliefs, like the, the false lies you put in your head? Um, or is it because you feel like you, you've lost a little bit of that sense of self now that you had to do something against what you convinced not to do? Yeah, the second thing, mate, I just I felt like I was backed into a corner. Yeah. And, but why, um, do it, why do it? Like, I'm just thinking, if, if you don't want to do this and you're going to have the same treatment as the non-vaccinated, which I don't believe it is, The only reason Gladys has said what she said is because she does not want any more protests until the 1st of December. Wait until the 1st of December, a few things are going to change. <laughs> no, so... Non-vaccinated, I've got to cop a little bit more. I got to a point where as much as I don't like people and people don't like me, even I've had enough and I'd, I, I didn't want to get to the end of October and not be able to go and see my family or my friends or and I just think it's absolutely criminal that they've held that over our heads absolutely criminal and I don't like being told what to do at the best of times but with this shit especially and I do feel like I've compromised my values I mean we talk we read all the books and we talk a lot on the podcast about staying true to yourself and um, people might call it an overreaction but I don't I, I just feel And then, you know, they've, there is something coming to your point, Thomas. There is something, they've made it all too easy all of a sudden. From They've gone from you won't be allowed out, you won't be allowed to do anything to mid-December. Everybody's free all of a sudden, like overnight, and that's too easy. Anyone who's fallen for that is kidding themselves because they're, they're selling us something there, and I, I don't like the smell of it. And, yeah, um, I think the thing is, though, what they needed to do was to get the process started. And now that they're at 80 whatever percent first dose, like they're feeling like, okay, well, 
like get like it's that percentage of the people that have at least started the process is where they needed it to be. No, they're selling bullshit, Megs. There's, there's, I thought there were zero countries in the world, and then I remembered Israel, but Thomas tells me there's three countries in the world that have got 80%, three in the world. Three in the world? In, one, three in, in, the, the, in the entire world, and they're all, they all started long before us, long before us. So they've given all the people who were... And the, the bad thing about it all is anyone who's not happy like I am has just been an anti-vaxxer instead of a... Ooh. I should not be backed into a corner like this type of person. They've given all those people... They've all backed off now because, like, I've seen it on Facebook. Ha-ha, we were right. How do you feel about your choice now? We're all going to be out in December with you. And I just think, nah, it's all been made too easy. And um, um, Listen, yeah. we... We've made over the last two years, we've made a lot of calls that really happened. And so we're not going to make that call again. The, the anti-vaxxers haven't seen what's coming. It, it, it's coming. But right now, the government is very simple. Until we just get to a percentage we want, we're going to keep everyone calm. Because what has happened with Melbourne and all these protests today, all of a sudden, they had 1,400 cases. Yeah. And so, so we, we need to avoid it. And, and, and I, I think that Gladys is playing a very good game. There's some good selling in it. Let's calm everyone down. We don't need truckies to block our roads and we don't need those anti-vaxxers to really send even more uh, information out to disrupt. Because really this, this is the thing that I, I have noticed this week. And I want to ask you this question. Do, we spoke about this a few weeks ago. That's going to get to a stage where there's going to be anti-vaxxers versus vaxxers family versus non-family do you see it now starting to come out how the the uh, after gladys has said what she said the next day i couldn't believe that i would hear people saying it's disgusting why would i be vaccinated if we're going to let these anti-vaxxers have their, their go hold on i thought that you were doing it for the goodness of the country i thought you were doing it out out of your good kind-hearted to protect the country. Where, where is that coming now? That because you've done it and the other guy hasn't done it, we have to punish the other, the other side. I, 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 we're doing things very wrong and no one's really talking about this. Your welcome doesn't come from doing the good by the country. Your welcome comes from a place of, I've done this for myself and now I'm going to rub your nose in it. And that's the problem there. All the people who are up on their high horse are going to turn on the people who aren't vaccinated yet. And they already were. They already were. By having a slogan that says, I'm vaccinated, you're welcome, they were already turning on people. And um, do, you think, do you think there's three sides, though? Do you think there's three sides of the argument? There's the people who want the vaccine to move on. Do you think there's the anti-vaxxers altogether? Or the side where I think actually you fit in, Cam, is the anti the choice, the people who want to have a choice. Pro-choice. I think the there's more... Choice. Yeah, I think the actual anti-vax is the smallest part of it mm. i think so too mate i think the people who don't believe that vaccine works is that that vaccines work is the minority and they're people yeah. who have never got their kids vaccinated and against anything yeah. right and i think they're the smallest of the three groups and i hate the fact that people like i haven't been no one's come at me personally so i'm not making this but I hate the fact that people who share my view have been lumped in with anti-vaccinators for yeah. a political, and it's only for a political purpose. We just read the chapter on lying, yeah. right? They're doing it to serve themselves. There is a large 
portion of the country who is not happy with the fact they're being forced to put something in their bodies so they can see their own families. Megan got rung up and asked, can your one-year-old and five-year-old isolate on their own? Yeah. Right? That is that is what's going on, and that is the bit that is getting lost in all of this. Like even, even Thomas saying, oh, the anti-vax versus the vax. It's not anti-vax versus the vax. It's I've got a right to choose what the fuck goes on with my life, and you're taking that away from me. Yeah, yeah. there's a big difference between being an anti-vaxxer and wanting to have your own choice. That's, Massive and, that, difference. and that's been lost, right? That's that's hundred percent been lost in the entire conversation. So. so do you think so do you think, Cam, do you think those people who are, you know, not the anti-vaxxers, those pro-choice, it's out of frustration, wanting to live a normal life, wanting to go out. That's why you bit the bullet and sort of move forward to to get there. Yeah, look, I got and and I got I got friends who are in the same position that I am that have, have done it very begrudgingly and hate themselves for it. Um, but um, when when someone's standing there holding a gun to your head. How old are you, mate? 39. Okay. Look, I, I'd, I'd say that I'm a, I'm a, I've had it and I've spoken previously about it. About having the choice to have it. I, I really thought that for me, it was number one, like I just touched 50, right? So number one, for me, it was the potential of getting it, but the ability to be, go out and enjoy family and friends and, 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 and that freedom is sort of the majority of the choice that I took to go and get the jab. Um, not the fear of absolutely catching it. It was a small portion, but the actually, actually being able to have that freedom. And where does it stop? So next time there's a problem, like where, where do we our, where does the sellout stop? And now the government knows they can buy us, right? They know that they can they can keep everything you hold dear away from you and get you to do whatever you want, which is what's happened. So where just does wait, just wait? We've got uh, the Jeff on. He's coming on. So just wait. I'm going to invite him. Hopefully, he'll have uh, his uh, helmet and his mask, and uh, he's going to be congratulating you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you're proud, Jeff, and I'll jump through the computer screen. I'm fucking. Hi, Jeff. Where's your mic? Your microphone's off, Jeff. I'm sure you are here to congratulate and and uh, to express your pride about what Cam's done. <laughs> Look at him biting his lip. <laughs> Your microphone is still off, mate. Okay, sorry about that. How are you going? Very well, very well. I, was... well, I thought I'd just put you on because um, obviously you must be a very proud man. Only the Jeff can be proud of people like Kevin. Well, there's two things. I found out he went for manly. <laughs> 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 and that was the funniest thing I heard all day. <laughs> it just yeah, coming from you. where you come from. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. Coming from where you listen. Coming from where you come from and your 99 vaccination rate. There's no way. There's no way you even know what rugby league is. You're all private school rugby union people. So, rah rah the Wallabies. How good are the Wallabies going? 
All right, I know what sports people from your area play, son. It isn't rugby league. Come on. You are so consistently inconsistent like Manly. (laughs) You just look at them. They won, they lost. They won, they lost. Just like you shrugging your head down that, walking down that aisle. While I was losing. He's very silent. My freedom. You, you, you said something, you, you, you just use your uh, orcus missile uh, or torpedo, you just torpedo the, uh, the, the Wilson. And you know what? Do you support a rugby league? Jeff, do you support I, a rugby league team or not? Yes, actually, um, I, I love rugby league, actually. I'm much who, do you, who do you support? Well, I, who just do you like support? A, I just like a very good game. I don't. I just don't follow one team for the sake of following one team. I actually yeah, like bullshit. Who do you support? What a fabulous game it's going to be this weekend. I'm pretty sure <laughs> your team didn't play a semi-final game, mate. That's what I can assure you. No, see, I don't follow any particular team. I just enjoy the game. Well, then you got no right to come at me, mate, because I'll, I'll put my money where my mouth is, right? I'll actually say that here I am and I'm a manly supporter. Oh, I go for every team in the comp. Yeah, you, you can't come back at me. Come on, Jeff. I thought you are a man of conviction, Jeff. How can the guy who's scoring us just say, oh, I go for every team in the comp and I just like a good game? Because it shows you that I'm not... out of your ass, Jeff. It shows you that I'm not biased like you. <laughs> so you're open to Labor's side of politics, are you? I look at both sides. Oh, I yeah, just, yeah, good. I follow narrowly one perspective. Ooh, yeah. I missed you last week, mate. Yeah, I was out, out at work, out at work, doing some jobs in some of these um, funny little spots. Yeah, you want to say more? No? No, you want to say more? No, I um, had the great pleasure of going down to two um, hotspots in, um, in these hospitals. Yeah. And um, but I was at two hospitals last last two weeks, just yes. um, facilitating some work with them. Mm, that's nice, isn't it? <laughs> uh, you know, that's really good. Um, I'm, I'm really proud of all the people that have willingly gone and got vaccinated. Yes, I told you he would <laughs> willingly. <laughs> I told you he would be. <laughs> so see, man, you, you see, Cameron is so he's smiling. He, for the first long time, someone's really appreciating him. Well, no, he didn't willingly go. He he went down there like a sheep. Begrudgingly. And you know what was funny? He went all the way down the expressway. Surely he didn't go to Homebush. <laughs> no, because as I pointed out to you last week, mate, I was us on last week. Central Coast aren't the privileged. Right? We can't get Pfizer where we live. We didn't have it home delivered by fucking menu log like you blokes did. (laughs) We didn't have a limousine pull up and roll out the red carpet and say... Most people from the coast have had to go to Homebush to get it. So I had to get up and leave the house at half past six in the morning to drive down to be a sheep to watch my wife collapse because of some untested fucking thing that we've been forced to shove in our bodies, right? (laughs) So... You weren't forced. You had your own... You know, you went down there. You went down there on your own volition. What were the consequences of not going down there, Jeff? It's not my. It's not my. Well, well then I'm asking you. What was the con? You, you're telling me I had a choice. What well, choice did I have? 
one in 10 people are dying when they get this COVID. That's a lot that go to hospital. What choice did I have? You had plenty of choice. Yeah. You didn't have to go, man. It's, it's, it's like a choice that you vote Labour or Liberal or you go for Manly or Ringo. No, nah, it's not, mate. It's not that choice at all. Uh, I, think you, I think we make light of it if we do that stuff because that's being kept away from your friends and your family and being able to live a normal life is not a fucking choice, mate. That's not a football team. That's not a political party. And I know we keep it light here, but that's that's the problem. That's the problem. People are saying you got a choice and people are saying it's no big deal. It's a fucking big deal. And not too many people are taking it too lightly. I, I hope you were nice to those people that gave you the needle. Jeff, we don't push it. Right? No, no, we don't need to push it. All right, Jeff, I'm going to ask you something a bit different here. Um, apparently, the, uh, the, the health, the, the, the frontline workers, so the people who are in the health department, not every one of them are vaccinated. So why would we... For example, I take Melbourne. Why would we make it compulsory for truckies and people like in the building industry to have that within two weeks, when still to date we have people in in hospitals seeing a lot of other people who don't have to, and even though they say we mandated it, we we don't actually act on that. Uh, obviously, we have a different reason. We don't have enough doctors and 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 nurses, but uh, to defend CAM, isn't it a little bit of a double standard? Well, that's an interesting thing you say. So I, I think my, the majority of frontline healthcare workers have been vaccinated. And when I talk about frontline doctors, nurses, physiotherapists, and so forth. Um, but when you look at all healthcare workers, that could be the people working in the stores department, they could be the dietetics department, they could be also in non-patient oriented departments. So healthcare workers are all jumbled in under one umbrella. So right. it's, it's very difficult to say. The majority of people that I have been um, working with are all 100% vaccinated. Right, okay. And they're the ones that are all patient oriented and right. um, in the front line. All right, let's, let's take you away a little bit from this uh, vaccination thing because uh, a friend of mine, Matt Hutchinson, said, you know, he wants something a bit different. So can I just ask you about the uh, Turnbull thing on uh, Scott Morrison uh, on the AUKUS submarine deal? Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. I thought I thought you might like that too. So what do you think about uh, Malcolm Turnbull coming out yesterday and say whatever he had to say against the Prime Minister and obviously going against a lot of other people in Australia? Uh, who think that this uh, submarine deal is, is a very good thing. And, and I think that he, Malcolm Turnbull was trying to draw the conversation on two fronts. One, that uh, he's doing something dangerous, but that the other thing too, that he's broken a lot, that Scott Morrison has broken a lot of values in the way that he's been dealing with Emmanuel Macron. Yeah, well, that's, that's, there's, there's a lot of different thoughts. You know, do we continue on with a, um, a $90 billion deal building old submarines? technology right the, the second thing too is that um, we need to continue our alliance with um, now the US and now the um, Pacific group and I think that's a very strong point 
you know, we're not going to have, you know, we'll be able to build this these submarines here. We won't have the um, foresight to all of the nuclear requirements to build, you know, but we'll probably be building the, the steel out of frame and the, the steering wheel, you know, and the rest of it probably going to be done by other parties. Yeah. But, uh, you know, do we continue on with a very old deal that's way behind this contract and building old technology? Um, the second thing is, um, Scott Morrison's copped a lot of flack. He even got it from, you know, Kevin Rudd and Paul Keating as well. Yeah, but that's understandable. Those guys got like monies in China. But uh, I'm, we're just talking here about Malcolm Turnbull here, right, who is in the same party. Right? The other two were in, uh, against him in the other party. Here you have Malcolm Turnbull, who's been ousted by him, who's the, the person who's made this deal possible, and who for some reason now has come out and really created this. But then uh, Scott Morrison now, instead of saying, yeah, well, I've spoken to Emmanuel Macron, now have to recognize that they, he texted him the day before. Yeah, Turnbull's, well, Turnbull's been a – he hasn't shut up since he got ousted, and he'll knife anyone who yeah. had anything to do with him being removed. So he loses a bit of credibility with what he's saying based on his motives, and his motives have never – I actually didn't mind him as a prime minister. Don't shoot me, Jeff, but um, I didn't mind the bloke. But just like Kevin Rudd, since he's been asked, you can't shut him up. I agree. Uh, I didn't like I didn't like Tony Abbott, but at least Tony Abbott shuts the fuck up. Mate, you're lost. You're gone. You you whatever. So uh, unfortunately for Malcolm, a lot of what he's going to say is going to lose a lot of credibility because he's just trying to knife the bloke who knifed him. So correct. I agree with you. One, put that, we'll put that on the board. Oh, thanks, Jeff. Good on I, you, mate. I, I still haven't recovered, mate. I'm going to go back for another couple of minutes and take a few more deep breaths, okay? So, but just, you see, Jeff, the, the, the vaccine is doing some good to get. He's, he's, um, he's starting to stop hallucinating his crap now. You can see that there's uh, better stuff coming out of him. So, well, no, I think there's a warm side to him. It's just like um, we're just so used to seeing the other side of him. Yeah. Well, listen, I always said he's a teddy bear, but, you know, not many people can see that teddy bear. So who's going to win the grand final? Uh, I think the best team will win. Yeah, good. Uh, and, yeah, good. There's a, there's a fence piling. Uh, but personally, I've got, I've got my money on, on South, therefore they better win. Mate, they've got wanna... the, the best, the best uh, coach ever. The most successful coach. Ever. If Way you better. want it from a technical point of view, um, South defence is horrible and even Manly in losing last week got across the try line four times but couldn't score a try through their own mistakes. Penrith were the second best attacking team all year but their defence their attack's been horrible for the last month. But if Penrith get their attack right, South won't be able to defend it. So you need to rely on Penrith having big game nerves like they did last year. Uh, in the grand final, and then South, the spirit will probably come over the top. But um, yeah. well, to me, to me, it's going to be the best team. We 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 can't control. Uh, you, you can bet you can do the whole lot. Everyone's going to go with sentimental. There's I want be- South to win for Mark Nichols. We know Mark. We've got a fair bit to do with Mark, and good on him. And 
at uh, one of our seminar and also uh, Wayne Bennett, whom, by the way, Wayne Bennett's speech, and I think, was probably one of the, the only public talk that he's done for 2021. Yeah, yeah amazing. Yeah, we got the sentimental value there. Anyway, man, I, I mean, because I, I get my signature, uh, J, uh, what is it? Uh, how, how do you call it? The, uh, Jersey. Jersey online on eBay. It's we talk about work. We talk. We can relate it back to work. Tom, uh, you don't watch football, mate, so you won't know. But the Panthers enjoy what they're doing. You spoke about it today. You've spoken about it a couple of times this week to people in the organisation and to staff members. They, especially the Polynesian boys, they love what they're doing, mate. They absolutely love their job. They've found a bit of the game that they can be passionate about. And they have fun doing it. And that pisses a lot of people off because people see it as arrogance when they're dancing around and carrying on. But wouldn't you want that in your sales team? Like, wouldn't you want that in your office where not only are they um, dancing around and carrying on, but they're making sales and doing all the stuff while they're doing it? South, much like Melbourne last week, they got a lot of anger. A lot of the boys in their team have got a lot of anger. You see it every tackle. You see it every play. You see Anytime someone looks at them the wrong way, they carry on. That's why Latrell's not playing because he went down that path. And um, in Pen in Penrith, I see what you'd want out of your sales team. But well, you also, you also look and you think they've got to send off Souths nicely. They've got Adam, Adam Reynolds going to Broncos. So he's desperate for a win. We've also got Benji. This most likely will be his last season. His last game. <laughs> yep. And so he will want to make it big. And, you know, um, Chris is right, you know, Wayne Bennett, exceptional. But you just look at Panthers, you know, they are a very tight group and they will be formidable. Um, and they don't want to lose last year. Who did you go for? Well... <laughs> I got. I got to admit. I think. Uh, I think um, Panthers are going to win them. Yeah, you go for Penrith. Okay. Yeah. All right. Write it down. All right. Here comes the time now. Um, the scoring, the sip and score, Jeff. Malcolm Turnbull, out of ten. Well, you know, he he was good at his time. You know, he was the environment minister. He was a pretty shitty PM. I think he's um been poor to the Liberal Party lately. Um, since he's been ousted, um, Republican, you know, what else can I say? Nothing wrong with the Republic, mate. What's the Queen done for us lately? Well, hey, you and Prince Andrew hanging out or what, Jeff? Come on, mate. No, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm a royalist. I like the monarchy. I like the monarchy. You love being told what to do, which is why you don't mind running around getting your vaccine and. Um, Elizabeth said it's a good idea. We should do that. Come on, Jeff. We we are still waiting, mate. Turnbull, score. Four. Four. I'm a three and a half. He's putting he's putting <laughs> I do remember many things. <laughs> I want to ask Burton because if this is the last week, is Angela Merkel. The uh, German Chancellor, where where do you put her? Yeah, well, she's an interesting lady. I, I she, she'll form government in the Christian democracy um, government. Um, I'm, I'm 
I thought she was so well loved by the by the German population. I'm yeah, but she's retiring. She's retired. She, yeah, she's but they're going to keep her on in a tripartisan leadership role. So you know, I I was I was quite surprised that um, she didn't have the majority win like she's had before. Um, strong leader, very determined, um, strong values. Oh, look, you know, she's she's definitely. Um, I would say seven. All right, seven. All right. And last one for sip and score for this week, because we didn't have you last week. Emmanuel Macron, where do you put him? Wow. I haven't really thought about him. Well, this is why we have the Jeff, because the Jeff is the barometer, mate. It does not need information in advance. Well, that's very true. That's very true. Um, <laughs> well, because he's very well French spoken, I seem to understand that you're quite uh, fluent in French as well, Thomas. So um, maybe I should score him a little bit above, you know? But because I don't know him a lot, uh, very well, I, I'd give him a six and a half. Six and a half. Wow. Okay. Oh, well, Cam is still. That's because six points because he can speak French. <laughs> I can speak French too, Jeff, and it's oh, ha, ha, fuck you. <laughs> I think that sounds a little bit Japanese. Uh. <laughs> oh, that's Cameron Wilson. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. All right, then. You take care, everybody. Talk soon, big man. Thank you. Right. Hey, the, the Jeff has never lied, right? So he's telling us. He's giving us information. He's very proud of you. I mean, seriously, that to me, to, to have the Jeff saying that he's proud of you, Cam, you've done well, right? So be a very proud cow. Okay, so... Fucking <laughs> moo. All right. What else have we got here today? Um, we're going we're gonna to reach out to Lena. Remember we had Lena on a few weeks ago? Yes. So you got to recall and see how she's handling um, the transition from lockdown into not lockdown and staffing and all that. Yeah, well, uh, let, let me tell you why you're trying to get uh, my prediction is as of uh, the 11th of uh, next month, we're going to have a lot of holidays coming up. Yeah. People are going to ask for their holidays because they're going to go before because they're scared of the next lockdown coming up. And so there's going to be a lot of holidays owing that's going to be used. Okay, That's so we got Lena on. Lena, say hello to everyone. Hi, guys. How are you going? Hey, excellent, Lena. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. So, what are you going to do from as of the 11th of October? It's really hard. Um, I won't be opening my doors for dining. I am staying takeaway. Until everyone can enter. Uh, reason being, it's hard for us to police that, so which we're putting ourselves, um, you know, in uh, uh, to conflict and arguments and things like that. Wow. Um, so we, I've decided that we stay takeaway until everyone can um, can come in. Yeah. Okay. So have, have you had some instruction from like government? About, no. yeah? 
Nothing. No, nothing. So you don't even know how you need to sort of be policing who is or who's no. not or so no. forth. So that's the thing about Jeff's people, Lena. They can come out and make all the grand statements in the world, but what they don't understand is the nuts and bolts of what's actually got to go on. How are you as a cafe owner supposed to screen who is, who isn't, and then you're left to deal with the fallout of someone that you try and deny entry to? Um, that's right. And, and a lot of these cafe staff will have young casuals and stuff that are going to be at the brunt of it, right? Yeah. That's right, yeah. Um, so I'm not willing to put any of my staff in that position. Uh, uh, none of us have medical degrees. Someone turns around and says they um, have a, a exemption. Who am I or any of my staff to ask them to prove it? You know, where's the privacy in that? So I'm happy to stay closed um, until everybody's allowed because I just don't want to put anyone in that position, myself or my staff. Uh, to be confronted by someone that's not going to be happy about it. So there's people running around saying, well, that's your choice, Lena, and if you're choosing to forego that, then that's on you. What do you say to them? That is, that is my choice. Um, I'm not going to put myself at risk or any of my staff at risk with, you know, any arguments. And where we, my cafe is near a courthouse as it is, and we see a lot of things day to day, Chris would know. So can you imagine this sort of stuff? Um, near, near the courthouse. Uh, mental health is a big thing, big issue at the moment. We see that daily, people with mental health issues. And coming across that, drunk people, mental health, I'm not going to put myself and my staff in a situation like that. Do you think it's right that you're being forced to make that choice? Um, no, it's not. It's not right, but I've got to do what I've got to do to protect Myself and my staff. You've been backed into a corner, eh? Oh, yeah, we, we are. And what you're going to hide, we've been struggling for months on end with our rent, with our bills, and then to have hire someone, hire security to police that. You, you know, how do you do that? Are you going to do private uh, functions, for example, where if I said uh, we, we like to organise private functions and um, we make sure that we all show you that we are double vaccinated, would you do that then? Look, we don't do any functions um, anyway, even uh, without COVID. We're just, you know, a cafe in a corporate area. Uh, so we, we've never really had anyone approach us for um, functions. Uh, we do platters, catering platters, takeaway. They've always been like that. Yes. But uh, I, haven't, I haven't been approached for anything like that, so I couldn't answer what... what Can we hire your shop? Sorry? If we want to book your shop out for a couple of hours and do a function, can we? If you well, see, that's the thing. I, I can't even answer that. Um, well, what do I say? That's sad, it's a good question. It's a good question for you to really uh, to uh, think about because uh, there's yeah. gonna there's gonna be people who are not going to be able to really do that, but who would want to hire it and who would say, Lena, we will show you and prove it to you that we are all vaccinated, right? And and by the way, Lena, between you and me, and nobody else is listening, uh, you should uh, <laughs> you should then get your price up, maybe by twenty or thirty percent. Yeah, but I'm discriminating as well. I think I am anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I, and I don't want to discriminate anyone. I, I want to live a normal. I want everyone to be the same. It's your choice. We go down to Willie's, and we're among so many people that are probably are not jabbed. 
and jabbed, but that's all right. Like, why is that all right? Mm. Yeah. It's my choice to walk into Woolies, you know, amongst people that aren't jabbed, correct? Yeah, 100%. To anywhere else and make that out. It's our choice. So that's a good point. So you're saying that the government might ask cafe owners, restaurant owners, pub owners to police the fact of who's vaccinated and who's not vaccinated, yet some of the country's biggest corporations like Coles and Woolworths, they're saying, you know what, you don't have to police that. Yeah, that's right. You know, the you other know, interesting with- thing is, Chris, with that and Lena, I spoke to a barber owner, barbershop owner yesterday. He can't make his staff get vaccinated and they're still allowed to cut hair but you can't get a haircut unless you're vaccinated. So Luna could have staff who are unvaccinated yeah. and can't serve anyone unless they're vaccinated. Look, what what, right. what are we doing? Yeah, well, we these are the questions we're going to have to ask Jeff. He's going to have to think about these things for next week. Yeah, you we know? didn't receive any emails saying that it's mandatory for us. So we've been one of, um, you know, one that have been open through this time and never received an email that my staff, uh, it's mandatory for them to have the, the jab. They're all double jabbed now. Yes, they are, but that was by choice. They weren't um, forced, yeah. and that, that was by choice, and they, no, they all had it. No, it was their choice. I wasn't going to force them. Now, if you want the police and, and you want these kind of uh, communication happening like uh, every day with five questions, you have to go and, yes, see, no. you have to go and see Megan. You have to be around people who got COVID because then the police what will be every day. I think what I love about what Alina said, though, is she's doing, she's making this decision based on her her values as a person. It would, it must be such a huge financial decision for her because, you know, let's say between the 11th of October and the 1st of December, I think is when they're kind of saying that the vaccinated and unvaccinated will be treated as the same. Um, That's what seven, eight weeks of income. How many people does your cafe seat, Lena? About 16, about 16 to 22. It depends how outdoors we have. Yeah, the front. Yeah. And you you would do breakfast and lunch? Breakfast and lunch, yeah. Seven days amazing a week. Amazing breakfast, amazing lunch, guys. But anyway. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's massive. Yeah. I love it. I don't want you to change your conscience, but for one and wisdom to come down uh, with some of our friends to do uh, a lunch with you. You might want to think about it. We only come down with double vaccinated. So for the moment, you might have to just have Chris, Megan, and I. Uh, <laughs> we can do that after hours. <laughs> now, Lena, I'm going to ask you, I know I know that um, you, you do a little bit more than people know about, yeah? Yes. Well, I've been cooking up some meals every Tuesday. About 390 meals every Tuesday to the people in isolation, uh, people who are financially struggling, um, you know, all that. So I've partnered along with um, Deadly Connection, Brothers in Need, and um, I get up 4.30 in the morning on a Tuesday and start cooking. Mm. Amazing. And, and, and why? why? Why do you, like, not a lot of people know this. I know this, but not a lot of people know this. Why do you do it? Okay. You're going to make me tear up. Good. Uh, (laughs) There is people who who need it, and there's a lot of families that need it. A lot of people have lost their jobs. Um, A lot of people in isolation. Um, And if we don't help each other, who's going to help us? 
That's Who's beautiful. Who's going to put that bread and butter on our table if we don't do it, you know? Together. That's beautiful. Amazing. Amazing. So we do that every week. We missed this week only because we had um, Deadly Connection had no one to distribute meals, but it is it is going to um, stay on every week. And um, charities that, you know, um, need those meals to have families they, they support, they can come forward, contact us, and we, um, we, we give them how much they need. Amazing. Amazing. Look, guys, I, I don't do this often, but again, I'm going to say this is the Hideout Cafe in Bankstown. Lena and the team there, guys, if, if whatever it is, if you're in the area, stop in for a coffee because these people are giving back to the community more than they're taking. So, what's the food uh, bill? What's the food bill, Lena, for a Tuesday cooking those meals? Great question. The bill, the bill sits between five to six hundred dollars. Uh, well, I'm going to pay for you next they're Tuesday, not, right? Lena? They're not your typical hospital meal. We, do, we make a good chicken curry with tenderloins, fresh veggies, not frozen. Um, we cook up a pasta, vegetarian, in case there's someone that doesn't have, you know, that's vegetarian. And uh, we make another, um, uh, just like a beef, uh, beef casserole as well, with, all served with rice. Oh. Well, I'm going, to cover you next, I'm going to cover you next Tuesday's bill, all right? So... I'll get Chris in touch to um, get your account details and I'll pay for next Tuesday's meals, okay? You shouldn't be forking all that out. Thank you so much, Thank you so much. And I'm sure... Don't, 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 don't start cooking until you get the check. I, uh, <laughs> it took me six months before I got why he owed me. That's amazing. No, this is, no it's, so not, it's not about being amazing. She's paying that out of her own pocket. It's, it's wrong she's put in that position to have to do it in the first place. So let's fucking get beyond it. Yeah, awesome, mate. Thank you so much. That's all right, uh, mate. Uh, we, uh, we're going we're gonna to come down. We're going to come down, okay? We'll uh, have to arrange it. We're going to come down. Can't wait. All right. You keep well. You're doing a very good job. And um, I think we're going to have to do something. We, we, we'll think of something and we're going to have to do something around you, Okay. Thank you so much. Keep going. All right, darling. We'll see you later. Guys, keep safe. Thanks, Lena. Oh, wow. Wow. That gives you a little bit of perspective, isn't it? We're in our little bubble and we're thinking all that stuff. We're in real estate, but we're doing all that stuff. And he's he's a woman who's running a little cafe with so much restriction and still spending 600 bucks a week on people. I know. How good is that? Mm, Amazing. She's an amazing woman. She is. And, um, yeah. We read we, we read the book. We read the chapter on people saying their truth and being blind to what else is going on in the world. And it, it, case in point is right there. Like, you can have your opinion and you can have what you think might be going on, but you need to be open to what else is going on in the world. You need to be open to other people's plight. You need to be open to what other people who aren't as privileged as you might be going through. And there's a, you know, there's a lady who, how long have we been in lockdown for now? 12 weeks, eh? Or 14 weeks. And not only, not only 14 weeks, but in Bankstown where they've had choppers and coppers and fucking army floating around every day, making sure people are locked inside. And she still found it in herself to, to donate 390 meals a week. Mm. Yeah. You know what? And it, it, it's, it's not only that, it, it's, she, she has a, like a couple of staff members that she, she actually will put them on 
before herself. So she's got they've got something to take away um, before herself. So she's actually putting their needs before her own. Mm. I remember her saying I remember her saying last time that she kept them on just so they could pay their bills, basically. She didn't and want she's to been stopped up. from being putting more. She's been stopped from putting more staff on because she won't discriminate between who can come and eat at a shop and who won't. Yeah. Wow, the Hideout Cafe, Bankstown, right? Yeah, that's hideout it. Hideout Cafe, wow. Well, I don't know. She, she just killed our mood. Normally we were going to be on the band, and now how the hell do we do that now? <laughs> <laughs> she, she just made us all look like, like sheep now, where we just talk like... <laughs> she's an amazing woman. Uh, she's made... No, you know what she's done? She's made an amazing point to every idiot who's watching us going, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. And, you know, you keep banging on about the same shit every week and, you know, get just get your jab and be happy about it. This is this is the real fucking world, mate. And that's, yep. that's what people need to realise. Yep. Well, we're going to have to organise uh, the next Empower. Uh, the next, um, <laughs> I just read the next Empower from Rachel there. So I said it. Uh, one of our... Um, Wine and wisdom in our cafe. We're gonna to have to try and organize a few guests with us and then and do it from there. Anyway, mate, I'm proud of you, Ken. You're now vax. We're not gonna lose we're not gonna lose listening because of you. Don't say that. He's gonna get the shits, he's gonna lose it. Like, listen, we 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 we've had people say like, are you double vax before you get into their house? Yeah, there is. And some of these people, I I, I have to say, we, we, we need to warn them. Uh, if we are not vaccinated, uh, you still have the same risk whether we vaxxed or not. Okay, so we just need people to really get it. We need to talk about lies, mate. It's for you. Whether we are vaccinated or not, it does not do much onto you. No, no and that's it. I go in with a mask and they say, oh, you can take your mask off. I'm double vaxxed. And I'm like, well, what shit have you been fed? Oh, no, seriously. So, but most, most people are comfortable in the fact if they've done that, that they feel like they're protected themselves. Yeah, but they're being told that they can't catch it, they can't die, they can't die from it, they can't catch it. All not, that's, shit. Not, that's not what they're being told. What are you talking about? What are you saying, Meg? That if they ask the question, they'd be protected? No, like most people are saying, well, if I'm concerned about it and I'm vaccinated, then they feel comfortable with that. But what Cam's saying is they're being told you can't catch it, you can't die from it, you can't do this. That's not what they're being told. They're being told it will reduce the risk of you catching it, spreading it and dying from it. The logic of you don't have to wear a mask in my house because I'm double. I go in, I'm wearing a mask. I say, listen, they go, oh, do you want us to put a mask on? I say, no, you don't have to put a mask on. And I say, do you want me to keep mine on? They go, oh, no, I'm double vaxxed. Yeah, so they're, they're fine with the fact that they've done that. If no, but I think a- they're believing that I can't make them sick and that they can't still get have serious ramifications from catching it, which is completely false. You're assuming that that's what they're thinking. Oh, I'd reckon that's what they're thinking. The way they go, oh, I'm double vax, so nothing can touch me. <laughs> oh, that's, I, don't, that's- I don't think the majority of the people are that clueless, mate. I... I- uh, we all went and got vaccinated, people, brother. We're pretty clueless. No, mate, I disagree with that. I think the majority of people aren't, aren't that clueless that the fact that they, they won't catch COVID. 
Yeah. Most people have done it so they can see their family, not so that they don't get sick. Okay, hold up. Now you're talking about another subject that we spoke about a few weeks ago, don't where we said the family, the family is going to turn against each other. If the 11th of October happens. You guys are now all vaccinated and you have loved ones who are not vaccinated and they want to come and be around you. Would you allow them to be around you? 100%. What? My wife's side of the family or my side of the family? <laughs> Just need to clarify. That's a fair <laughs> question. <laughs> I, I would. That's a okay. fair question, Chris. Okay. So I've been inviting uh, people. Hey, we got a grand final on Sunday. Anyone who wants to come and watch the grand final, let's do it. Let's go. Here's, here's the next question. Here's the next question, mate. Then let's imagine. I know. I know your parents are, are up north, so you then have grandpa or pops around, and something happens to him. He ends up in ICU. And then they do a bit of a tracing and they find out that actually uh, your son gave it to them. Then yeah. what? Oh, of course you'd feel what's, what's, what's happening about your son now having to live with the guilt? I mean, he's young now, maybe he won't. But I'm just thinking, what if your son was 12, 14, 15, like Chris's son, and now yeah. he's realizing I, I was the one who passed it on. And suddenly they passed away. But grandpa can't live in his bedroom forever either. So if he's vaccinated and if we're vaccinated. No, 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 he's not vaccinated. Oh, well, if he's not, you wouldn't see, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't risk it. I said, I said very clearly at the beginning, I, I hope I said it. So, so you, you have family members who are not vaccinated, but from the 11th of October, we free. Do you have them around? Yes. Yep. If they want to. Okay. I think I think grandpa's I think grandpa's going to suffer way more issues from not being being isolated at his age than um, the potential for. But I I think you ask that to a person who has maybe seen it firsthand. It would be a very different answer. Like I know someone at the moment whose sister is in ICU. She is on a ventilator. She has had to lay face down on a bed to try and get all of this stuff out of her lungs because her lungs like. They do an X-ray and her lungs are literally collapsed. They're solid units. They're they are full. Um, so you ask that to that family, and it would be a very different answer. Um, it's like any of us. You, until you experience something firsthand, you're not you're not going to look at the bigger picture because you always think you're in a bubble or it's not going to happen to me or whatever the case might be. But you'd be I'd be smart about it. If you're going to hang out with someone who isn't vaccinated, go and do it at a park or somewhere that's open area, maybe don't invite them to your house. Maybe do it somewhere that's, you know, a little bit more of a... No, I ask a question very specifically at your place. Yeah, I, personally, I would. Look, isn't it... How old is that, how old is that person that's... Uh, how old is that person that's in ICU, Meg, do you know? Um, she would be for, oh, 40s or 50s, I'm not sure. She's not, like, she's not old. Can I can I say something that's going to be extremely controversial and unpopular? No, can really? Yeah, no. And this this might be the end. I don't know, but <laughs> most people jump on the 
cancer charity calls after someone they know has caught cancer, yeah? They don't do it before. They know that cancer is rife in the world. They know that cancer kills a lot of people. They don't do fuck all about it until someone close to them has cancer. Yeah. And then the bumper stickers come out, we fuck cancer and the rest of it. We're not all here. We we all here. No one's got fuck cancer written across their bumper bar at the moment, do they? Right. But as soon as someone we know gets breast cancer, we're all going to be all over the McGrath Foundation. We're all going to be all over, you know, can we fundraise for this and can we fundraise for that? Big ribbon. So I don't think it's right to say, well, as soon as someone is affected by COVID, you're going to have a... Well, it is right to say that as soon as someone's affected by COVID, you're going to have a different point of view. But that's with every single disease. Agreed. Agreed. We know that suicide has killed more people this year than COVID, but no one's on the suicide bandwagon until someone's mate kills himself. Right? It's not a fair... It's not a comparison. It's not to say... You can't say, oh, you'd be saying something different if someone in your family died with COVID. Of course you fucking would, but we do it with every single thing. Agreed. Yeah, we do it with drink driving. We do it with speeding. We do it with talking on your phone. No one gives a shit until someone they know dies while they're trying to write a text message. And that's where it's getting a bit blown out of proportion. You can come to my house. Anyone can come to my house any time of day, any time they want. Right. And yes, I will. I'm gonna, of course, if someone comes to my house and has a beer and drives home and runs into a pole, I'm gonna take on some guilt. Should they have been driving? Should this have happened? Should that have happened? And yes, if one of my kids or one of my family catch COVID, I'm gonna think, oh shit, was there something I could do? But that is every single thing and every single person that dies ever, you have those thoughts. You're going to separate your family and separate your friends and and um, put divisions in a world that's already so divided because someone might get sick. What does that leave? And I, I just no, no. I, I I think it's very it's very noble to think this way, and and I, I like that. But he, you can't control Mindy's mindset, nor Isaac's mindset when okay. when when. That happens, and their pop had something, and they were the one with the trace, and they now know it, and they now feel that guilt. This is where I ask you the question: As a parent, then, do you really think about it and go, "Hold on, I need some foresight. I need some some strategic thinking about all of this before it really happens." I'm, I'm not talking about you. Listen, mate, you have to say whatever you what have happens, to say. No, but what happens, if, what happens if what happens if pop comes around? around? No, hang on. What no. happens if Pop comes around, the kids are a handful, and Pop has a heart attack? Listen, that is something that really happens, and I, I, I get it. Everyone just put those kind of, of stuff. We need to really have a look. What will happen? And these are the things that's going to happen, man. It's going to happen. You will be seeing individuals in the next 10, 15 years who feel so have felt the burden and the guilt of, of being the, the person who passed it on to their pops. And mom and dad have moved on because, oh, well, you know, it's uh, what, 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 what happened if they had a heart attack and all that stuff. But you can't help. 
I, the I, same thing in my, in my family in Belgium, my my auntie just uh, we call her auntie, but you know really it's my my uncle's best 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 friend like from when they were young. So I called him uncle, and his father happened to come and just pick up just pick the bags, the shopping bags. Went home, caught COVID. His daughter had gone shopping and had COVID. Passed it on to him just on the bag. She didn't even see him. He, she she just. Left the bags, he came and picked up the bag because he lives about two or three doors from her. He dies, right? Her husband gets COVID, goes into ICU. Her brother-in-law, who was in the house there at that point in time, go into ICU, then dies. <laughs> now I'm talking about an adult. It's one thing. I'm talking then when you're talking about kids, that's a very different thing. These are the things we're going to have to really look at, not from our point of view. It's yeah, but who's, who's telling their kid? Who's telling their kid that they killed somebody? It's not the who's telling the kids. They, no, they you are. Die. You're saying the kids The kids are giving it to Pop. Pop dies and the kid knows that he's killed Pop. Who's telling their seven-year-old, or their, in my case, their nine-year-old or their six-year-old? They find that out and then they tell you, and then at some stage it comes out because Pop happens to be, for example, uh, dad's, dad's parent. So take us back to two years ago or three years, or two and a half years ago now when there was no COVID but the flu was killing people. Are you stopping Nan and Pop coming to your house because your kid's got a cold? The problem, Cam, is that you, you don't know what you don't know. But when you know, then how do you deal with it? When you don't know what you don't know, there's no problem. I mean, who's to say, like, Pop never comes down here, but you invite him to a birthday party and after he dies in a crash, you're going, oh, you, you don't know this kind of stuff. Oh. When you know what you know now and you go, all right, Pop is not vaccinated. He's in his 70s, meaning I know already it's high percentage, right? And, and now we're having this kind of parties. I, I'm allowed to invite now 10 friends. So I have different friends coming over. And I just don't know. It's it's oh. my kid's birthday. All right. In the NRL and all contact sports at the moment, there's a huge thing on about concussions and brain damage. And the argument for is that for the players is that they know what they're getting into when they get into it. They know that if you're going to play rugby league, you're going to get hit in your head. If you're going to fight, you know you're going to get hit in the head and there's a chance you're going to get brain damage. Yeah. We live in a world now where every single person knows about COVID. And most people are going to get it at some point. So if none and pop know that there's kids or people in the house that aren't vaccinated and still want to come over because that's their choice in life and they want to they want to take on the risk, are we still going to stop them? No, I, I get it. You, you're not going to stop them. You're not going to stop them. But I will have to say, you will have two parts of the family because here it is now. I am, let's imagine, I am, no, maybe not you. I am Meg's brother. <laughs> no, we're not inviting Pop. And Meg says, no, we, we do. It's my house. I will do it. You come or you don't come. And then I turn up. And then after the tracing, they found out it was through Meg's family that Pop got it. How do I take it? How, how is the relationship? Mate, these are the things you have to entertain. It's not about you sitting down here. We, listen, if I'm entertaining now anti-vaxxers like 
and vaxxers and vaxxers now saying, I didn't get the vaccination for me and for my health, for the country. I did it so that I had more priorities over the non-vaxxers, which is totally stupid. Listen, the family stuff is going to happen. I told Alexander already, go that way. This is where the law is going to go. You will see the amount of stuff that's going to happen. What's the acronym for fear? False evidence appearing as real. Oh, I like the one that says fantasized events appearing real. Has anyone's kid killed someone with COVID? After after the 1st of December, though, that grandpa's going to be able to go to Woolies, probably not have to wear a mask, probably not have to QR code in and breathe on anyone that's in there and catch COVID from someone that they probably don't even know. He can go down the local pool now and do it. Yeah, true. Open up the public pools. Go for a swim. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyway, it was a hypothetical. We will see. I'm telling the public in about three months, what we're talking right now is going to be one of the biggest things that will happen. And then you guys going to come back and can, you're going to be swallowing a lot of pride and say, I get it. You didn't talk about just moi. You spoke about what happens with my brothers, what happens with my brother's family, what happens with my brother's wife who now because she was at that party then went home and then go to another party with her parents and got all of these kind of things are going to happen my brother-in-law lose- and brother sister-in-law are dragon supporters mate they deserve everything they get see things happening in families that is part of what's coming Right. I'm the bloke who said last September that house prices would they be off their heads come this September and were we right you're right, mate. Were we right? So I'm not saying, hey, TL, you've, you've gone in two different directions, mate. You asked what would we do. That's not saying that you're wrong, that there's going to be divisions in families. I agree with you. They've, the the people who wanted to the people who wanted to control the narrative have done a very good job of turning everyone against each other. So I've got no doubt you're, you're 100% right, mate. You won't get an argument from me. Should okay. it be that way? No. Nah. Then here is then the next question. Shouldn't it be what the government is already thinking about? A step for ahead of just, oh, well, we're going to get you free or not free, your vax versus non-vax. It shouldn't be what a government sit down and strategize already. What are we going to? Yes, it should be what they're thinking about, but they haven't thought forward on a single thing they've done. You have a look at this. I feel for Lena. She is about now to be able to open her shop and she can't even do that because the bloody government is saying some crap and they say, you're going to have to police it. And she goes, I can't police it. How am I going to reject Chris because he's not and, and he's, he's, he was my friend? I mean, how, how crazy is that? So but- on the news, yeah. On the news, the spin buster side of it, right? On the news, they're going, you're all free. As soon as we get to these points, you're free and everyone's buying it. The Jeff's buying it. The, the, the people high-fiving in front of me at the vaccine centre are buying it. All these people, they're buying the fact that they're about to be free. No one's going to be free because the leaners of the world who are everywhere, it's where you go to get your coffee, it's where you go to have your lunch, it's where you go to do absolutely everything you're going to do, aren't free. And by association, neither are you. So... People need to look beyond the smoke and mirrors and the shit that people are peddling on the TV and actually have a think. And so that's- I'll ask you this. I'll ask you this. When, when we reach the 1st of December and we have these 
cafes, restaurants, hairdressers, whatever they may be. They have to police this. If someone does catch COVID from these areas, are then these businesses going to be victimised and black banned? Mate, the Premier's on record of saying they haven't looked into the legal ramifications of what they're doing at the moment. My parents work in the construction industry. They can't get onto job sites unless they're vaccinated, but they're not allowed by law to tell their staff to get vaccinated. The whole... They're not. They're not. No, yeah. Right? They've got $2.5 million, $2.5 million of work sitting on their books that they can't do because three-quarters of their staff are refusing to get vaccinated and the jobs won't let unvaccinated people on and there's not a fucking thing they can do about it. We're not going to be out at 90%. We're not going to be out at 100%. We're not going to be out. And that is what everyone is missing. So come on. Can, can we have one prediction each over the next few, few weeks? I said mine. We're going to have a lot of... Fa- I reckon family law is where you need to be going. If you're not in family law yet, you're stupid. Family law is where the money is. You can go to every kind of party and you have a, a, a client for life. Okay? Anyone who's not in family law and studying law right now, that's where you need to be going. My no prediction, prediction is that go on, people, go on, people think that this will be the end of the lockdowns, but it won't be. Okay, that's good. So, so, so what else? I'll be you... more specific. I'll say that. Yeah, that's right. I'll be more specific, and I'll say that they're going to let everyone out at seventy and eighty percent because of the huge case numbers. Because everyone's going to catch COVID, we'll be locked down again through Christmas. That's my prediction. I, I didn't get it. Say it again. Because they're going to let start letting people out at 70 and 80%, the case numbers are going to go off the charts. And because they've based all previous lockdowns on case numbers, we're going to be locked down again for Christmas. That is my prediction. Yeah. All right. Chris? Yeah, man. My, my prediction was very similar to Cam's, is that government's going to backflip on the decisions and they're going to change their mind again. Um, i Public health can't handle an increase in COVID cases. And when we get out of lockdown, I think there will be an increase. Um, She's already said, and it's only been brought up in the last 24 hours, but she already said initially when she said, and this is Gladys I'm talking about, you'll be allowed more freedoms at 70% and 80%. The first word was you'll be allowed regional travel. So, Chris, you'd be able to drive to the Central Coast and Megs would be able to go to Taree and all this stuff. They've already killed it. They've already backflipped on it. They're now saying there's no regional travel at 70 or 80%. And the backflips are going to keep coming. They made it way too easy and everyone fell for it, including the Jeff. And he's all right in his castle on top of his hill. No, no, no. no. You, you need to the Jeff's got nothing to do with that, mate. The Jeff works on the front line. Yeah, he's- I get it. He sees stuff. He, he sees different stuff. He's got um, different- we've all got a choice. Ask Lena about a choice, Jeff. You're a little bit hurt that that he's anti your manly team, and you, he's you're a bit hurt that his prediction. Your his right is at, at, at three point five. You can't predict a winning team. So I, I get it, and you're a bit hurt that you're like a cow who just got the vaccine when you were against for weeks. I get it. You can't just. Say it against the, the, the Jeff because you heard me, All right? So, Chris, uh, let's finish on you. 
how what would you say about Cam um, really going out there this week and saying to himself, you know what, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to put a bit of vaccine in me. <laughs> Mate, that's a big question. You know what? Okay. Simply put, simply put, I can. If I, more people had done the right thing and put it in the bin, we wouldn't have global warming. How well did that ad campaign work, you bunch of? You know what? Simply put, I'd say to Cam, you know what? His decision's been made out of frustration and want the freedom that's been promised in their quotient tapes uh, to, to him. Mate, I can only say, I'm not going to say I'm proud of you. I'm not going to say any of that bullshit, mate. I just can see your frustration. Um, I, I probably, they're the same same choice on, on a, a different level of getting the vaccine uh, about being pro-choice rather than uh, anti-vaxxer. They work, but you know what? Don't force it upon us, but we need to sort of move forward and get it done. I, I can't say much more than that, mate. No, but the, the problem with Cam is that he's lost face. It's not it's not whether he's taken it, he's lost face. It's like he's gone on to his Facebook and all of these uh, months and months of like, you know, I want my freedom and because of some reason and maybe it's business, maybe it's personal life, I don't know. For some reason, he feels like he's capitulated. And, and that yeah, hurts. Yeah, no, but Thomas, that's more of an internal conversation with Cam. Cam's having with himself, mate, not rather than the external conversation with the society. That 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 is an internal. No, he's blaming society. He's blaming society, but, which but is he's a, not, which is he's, a, a very a non-stoic kind of thing. He's blaming now society forcing him to go through it, right? So he's read all yeah, of this. Was, he knows it was his choice, mate. I'm going to disagree with you. I know at the end of the day, I know he knows it was his his own choice. Rather, it was. Uh, forced upon him his choice or he capitulated to what society was saying it was his choice and he knows that and the biggest struggle cam's having is the fact that um internally internally that he actually took the took the vaccination am i glad he did absolutely because i think the sooner we can get the majority of us free to make the choices that we want to make the better um, at the end of the day, I don't like a mate having to make a decision that he didn't. It was forced upon him. That's as simple as I can say that. Yeah, let, let's make him feel good, right? He, he, I, I feel he's been an Anzac, and he, he's like that that mate that was on the front line with you. And when the uh, when they went, we just all went together. I, I think that Cam, that's what you did. So don't feel too bad, mate. Um, you you got you got the bullet like us. And but at least you're on the front line with us, and we just went for it, man. Truth is, he nothing that you can say is going to make him feel better. No, because look, Thomas is right. Part of it, it, we we've talked about pride and ego, pride and all that shit. I went out. I've been very, very strong in my opinions, and I still went out and got fucking vaccinated. Right. So what's what's the point of having a fucking opinion? Right. I'm I'm. I'm gutted, mate. I'm I'm fucking gutted. But well, there's no but. I'm gutted. People can change opinion, all right? Yeah, but I didn't change my fucking opinion, mate. I didn't change my opinion. The whole time it's been wrong. Exactly. You the whole time it's been wrong. No. 
What do you say? The whole time, I didn't, say, I, mate, Ken. I didn't, I didn't dive out of the trench and run in front of a machine gun for you. I can fucking tell you that, right? I didn't jump in front of a machine gun for anybody. In the end of the day, I made it. You know what happened? I made a selfish fucking choice where I'm like, "Fuck, I can't be locked up forever." So at the end of the day, the your welcome was to myself, and I, I fucking bent my values and I bent everything I fucking believe in just so I can go and have a beer in a pub. And then what does that fucking make of you? You know, what does that? I'm gutted. It tells you that you like your beer. Hey, listen, I, I, I know, I know we've gone a little bit overboard, Meg, but I thought it, it's worth taking the 10 minutes to get our mates to feel okay. Because I, I know that this thing that he's done this week is one of the huge thing. And, and, and someone like him would question his stuff. And, Again, you're going to have to take it two ways. Some of the people who were on the front line in Anzac wanted to be there. Some of the people on the front line at Anzac didn't want to be there. All right. But they wanted to be there to save the country. And whether that's going to make you feel a little bit better or, or not better at all, it doesn't really matter. But that's how I see it. That there are some people who are going to go through this thing that you've been doing not wanting to do it. And they, they've been screaming totally the opposite. But at the end, they had to change their mind because there was something for the greater good. And I think that's called sacrifice. All right. On this, Meg, you want to say goodbye? Over and out. Bye, everyone. <laughs> See, See you, guys. Out of you, Cam. See you, mate.